Hello, this is Mandy, and I am here in Toronto, Canada amidst the COVID 19 pandemic. I wanted to use this time to catch up with some old friends and share these conversations with you all. This is a conversation with Bookie, also known as Bogdan Chetkovic. Apologies for my pronunciation. He is a parkour practitioner since 2003, and he is from Serbia. He is someone that walks his talk, and that really stood out to me. I met him when I was traveling out or traveling in Europe、um, when I arrived at his doorsteps in 2018. I、uh, apologize for the abrupt ending of this podcast, which was recorded on May 15th. Enjoy. No, not now. It started. All right. No. <laughs> oh, lockdown. This is why we're in lockdown. But now I've pressed a button. Now we're、um, okay. But I, I saw you were training the indoor. Yeah. This is the. How it's going?、Um, sorry. How it's going? How it's、um, going? The training. <laughs> I started training outside as well、um, because I'm in a very prime location. There's so much fun stuff to do, but it's、uh, it's really not that difficult to train parkour. Like, especially during these times, like you're you're kind of social distancing anyway when you're doing parkour. People don't really come near you as you're doing. <laughs> That's true. So、um, this is. I find it's like an excuse to、uh, just go outside, and people are even more distant, so it's even more socially acceptable because you're on top of a wall, and you're like, "Well, she's just social distancing anyway." So, yeah, yeah. But the、uh, indoor stuff is actually quite、um, quite fun. I'm I set up my bed frame so that I can do this lashade pre, and、um, I, I'm able to do it. And aside from that, most of it has been outdoors because it's so nice. So, how about you? Yeah, for me it was.、Um, I, I was in my hometown in Kraljevo, as you know, you were there、uh, for the two months. So I I was anyway the only the only I could only train on my own because there was no anyone who's training there. So. There was no choice of going with someone and <laughs> not going with someone. So yeah, I was training、uh, regularly on my own for、uh, all those times,、uh, choosing more、um, quiet places or without the people, and、um, it was okay. Was, I mean, I'm used to training on my own. Yeah. I'm、uh, I'm familiar with that. I remember this was probably from、um, I don't know if it was the PK One podcast or or when、uh, when I came to visit you and your it's a it's so nostalgic to see you in your、uh, your apartment. I'm like I remember that stove right there, banana <laughs> bread. But、um, we yeah, are expecting you maybe not this year because of the virus, but next year. Yeah, we were. It was so close. I we were supposed to meet up again for、um, the Galio event. Such as that. 
but actually the gala will happen. Oh, right. It's Denmark. Denmark doesn't, I mean, is Denmark in lockdown or? Mm, not, I mean, they were a bit, but now they started to, to like, how say, cut down the measurements. So uh, for now, Martin published that the, the, the international gathering will be in July. So it's still happening same time. So Galio usually does happen at the end of July anyway. So yeah, but the thing is maybe it will be more local. That's what I'm thinking. That it will be more local guys are coming because I don't know how someone from other countries would travel there with the pests and I don't know. But are you gonna go and uh, teach there then or? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they haven't contacted you. It's pretty soon. You know, yeah, I, I think it's pretty. I think he, uh, what he's doing actually, he's checking if people are interested to come, and if depending how many people come, he will invite coaches because there, there definitely there will be less people than before. So maybe it's easier to organize coach from Denmark in situation like this because. Now he needs to pay also like for uh, tests. I don't know how much and how it works, you know, because when you go to country and come back, you need to do tests, at least for Serbia. So, yeah. The I mean, travel, if I, yeah, sorry? Travel isn't recommended for, well, you're, you're allowed to travel for work then? No one, yeah, no one will forbidden you to go uh, uh, aboard. But um, if you are going to Europe Union from Serbia, okay, uh, you need. I think I think you need to have a test that you are negative on the virus in the last seventy-two hours. That's done in the last seventy-two hours, and also when you come back to Serbia. You, you need to do tests or you need to go to isolation for two weeks. Okay. All right. So those are standard procedures that are in place. Well, that's in July anyway. So right now, I'm curious to know, like, what was it like for you now in, um, you're back in Belgrade before you're in Kyiv? How do you pronounce your hometown? Kraljevo. 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 <laughs> getting rusty now, but so yeah, what has it been like for you in terms of work, training, everything in between since March 15? So, uh, yeah, Christina, my wife, and uh, you know, me, we went back to Kraljevo and over there. I mean, we didn't have any classes, of course. Uh, we tried to run a little bit uh, to do classes through the videos with students, mm -hmm. but they didn't work really well. They were not motivated that much. Mm -hmm. So we stopped. Mm, last year, I started uh, to go back to programming. Um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, programming. So mm -hmm. I was doing this for the last two months, more or less on the computer, uh, working on some projects. Um, and I was training um, and 
being in nature when we could go out being in nature a lot uh, yeah more or less most of the time i i was on the computer and the time flew, uh, flew so fast really for me on the computer doing this <laughs> you liked it though. i remember you were saying like you enjoy it too yeah for me it's very similar to parkour because we have a challenge and there is so much ways that you can solve the, the issue, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's also, I like it because it's totally opposite. <clears throat> a little bit of parkour, but it's, how to say, it's more, it's more intellectual. Of course, when you go out and you're training, you are thinking about a lot of stuff. And it's not just that you are training physically and nothing happens, but uh, this is, totally different and because it's different I really enjoy it and I like it. I know you read quite a bit as well. Um, one of the books I'm reading right now it's called Zen in the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance and I'm, I'm about a quarter way in and one of the main themes in it is talking about when you're maintaining a motorcycle or when you're doing work or repair on it, it's, there's like a, there's a procedure to understand if something is functioning or if it's not functioning. And the way that the author described it was going through the scientific method to figure out if this thing works, either through deduction or induction, I think it was called. Um, then is it a cause and effect? for this scenario and then if, it, if that's the case then that's the only thing that it relates to and then if it relates to other things then you need to make new hypotheses. So it's the, the idea of the process that is the most intriguing rather than just like yeah it's like with programming or with parkour there's the there's a process and you're saying that it's, it's quite similar for you. Yes, and I think the, 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 the most important value in all that we do is the process, what you said. I mean, if you think about everything deeply, there is process in everything. And from this process, when we, like, we think about it, it comes this experience that we like to, 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 to learn from. So um, I, I, I was training parkour, uh, I, was, I, I was active, I was also training, I mean, during the last two months. Uh, maybe it was just with a different goal than, usual, than it was usual. So I, I just wanted to maintain in movement. The focus was not just to improve and to do new challenges uh, and to fly around. One of the reasons was because uh, even if, if, you, if even if you can plan a lot in training, sometimes the injuries can happen, and I think this was the worst time to get injured. You know what I mean? Like to go to a hospital to make more work to doctors and stuff. That to me, so I was keeping really like how to say light or different uh, stuff, I was doing different stuff, for example, more climbing, more don't touch the ground, 
more, not just like a jumping or doing a scary challenge or something like this and, and more just maintaining into it sometimes i like to do this like stay three or four times per week to do a training not every day not you know what i mean what do you mean so the difference between what you mean with maintenance and what you would really do if there wasn't covid and um if it's interesting that you um, you keep in mind that like, if I do get an injury, then I'm gonna have to go to hospital and and yada yada yada. How it's gonna affect the uh, society at large. Um, roundabout way to ask: Is this is it something you would have thought of before COVID? Like this isn't the time to go to. Or like just keeping in mind that you could be going to hospital because I don't ever think about it in that way. But I suppose, you know what? I, I am a bit more aware that if I do get hurt, then I don't want to, but not that much aware. But that's quite like in the forefront of your mind. Uh, usually, no, I, I never think like this <laughs> to have this in my mind. Of course, of course not, because I think parkour is very safe or how I train is not, uh, how to say, dangerous in that way, but I'm aware that injuries can happen. Even when you walk, injuries can happen. You can twist the ankle, right? Stuff. So just because of uh, my family, because for mm -hmm. example, my father is uh, 64, 63, sorry, and my mother also. So like if I would get injured, of course, I will make a lot of work to doc for doctors and I can get infected there and maybe I can spread somewhere else, someone else, my family also. I mean, I didn't met other people, but still I was thinking about my, uh, my parents. That's the only reason behind, uh, behind not pushing too much because it, it was a normal situation, if you know what I mean. I mean, the whole world stopped and... and uh you know uh yeah i, I wasn't um it, it i didn't want it to focus also too much on myself in a way for a training only like uh, like i told you like to go and uh, i need to do this jump and i will stay for five hours to do it or whatever i mean you know what i mean the mentality of uh, it, it wasn't like this. It was more that the, the always my mind was just maintaining in a in a to stay in motion first mm -hmm. because because I was sitting a lot. I, I even now more appreciated to move. That's very interesting also because mm -hmm. so I was like sitting a lot and I I I, I know I I like after all day of sitting like. Whoa, it's totally, this is totally not normal <laughs> to sit that, this much. Yeah. I should go out and move, you know what I mean? And, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't have an urge to move. Yeah. It's so interesting. Uh, like, if you go uh, deeper into movement, uh, you, you understand that it's really not about the, uh, the, the moves and stuff like this. It, it's much more deeper the desire and that it's totally normal to move especially if you do something with the passion and with the love for a long time mm -hmm. it's a part of you for me like 
It's not normal not to move. <laughs> Has training solo been different now than it was before? Okay. Like now you mentioned how it's, how it's uh, with COVID specifically, but, but like even before COVID, I know you, you still train alone from time to time, but then before, um, I guess before even maybe you were running your classes, I don't know how long you've been running the classes for, but you enjoyed training alone as well and that you get value from it. Uh, 2014, uh, I, uh, I was, um, better, not say I trained with David Bell, but more, I asked him to, to be trained by him, like uh, one <laughs> class or how to say training. Let's like, let's show me what parkour is for you and how you do it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it, it was, uh, it was, um, hard conditioning training. Okay with a lot of jumps, uh, technical, not technical in a way of uh, we are speaking somewhere, more like a conditioning strength training. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I was used to it because I was training like this before. For, it, for me, it was normal. But in the end of the, the training, when we finished, uh, I come to David and said, um, this is great. But the most important thing is that if a person can do all of this alone on their own, because it, 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 and what's the idea behind it? I always have on my mind, maybe I told you before, um, that I want to be independent uh, by training. What that means is. Uh, when I started parkour, uh, 2003, a lot of people come and go very fast. A lot of people come training with me or, or I train with them. It doesn't matter. And then they, they, they stop training. And I think we are all, all aware of that. And, uh, because of, I saw that, that early, I said, uh, I don't want to depend on anyone. I know why I'm going on training. Like I can call you on training and if you come great, I will have a company and it will be super. But if you don't come, if you don't want to train, great, still great, but I'm going on training. And this kind of mentality, because uh, I, I was facing with this uh, at the first few years of parkour that like um, on the training that uh, like I don't want to, to depend like if everyone everyone starts training great but i know why i do parkour and then for me it makes sense to continue to do it on my own so mm -hmm. there's the thing that from the beginning i was i was um i wanted that to be normal for me to be outside on my own and to do trainings and i mm -hmm. I, I see a lot of benefits from it for mm -hmm. every human being what do you mean? Like what kind of benefits have you paid? The first most important is that, that you need to know why are you doing this? Because, uh, I mean, this, when I, when we are, okay, you do parkour, why are you outside and jumping on the walls? And then it will, uh, it will, uh, it will 
force you to to think about your uh, actions and stuff mm -hmm. uh, and uh, not just that you are like interested in doing some challenge but more okay why I do I, this is when I ask myself a lot okay why I'm doing 500 jumps now on this thing what do I want from that if I'm with the uh, people I think it won't be the same because there is always uh, some talk someone juggling and all that Okay, and, and this is why I understand the reason why Yamakasi, for example, do training without talk. It makes so much sense to me that it's because you don't want to be disturbed. And I mean, it, it's, uh, don't get me wrong, I'm training with people, I, I see a lot of beautiful stuff training with and sharing with everyone, but I also see uh, um, a bad stuff or uh, uh, yeah what is missing when you're training with the people is that they can um, if you're training with people they can affect in effect uh, affect your way for example pretty simple you are you came today and you want to do uh, a light strength training but people are jumping around and doing so funny challenge blah 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 and then you come there and <laughs> you they moved you to there that this this doesn't necessarily mean that this is bad thing but if you do it too often or if you only train with people then mm. then you're very influenced by an external why rather than your own why yeah, so you will follow all the trends. You will start to do side flip to precision. You will do descent and you will not think on your own way and find the new ways and new challenges and new techniques. Like you remember putting feet over the other or, you know, remember the using and something like this. You, you won't because you are, you will get used to that way of thinking, being influenced too much. <laughs> mm -hmm. and, and I think also, one more uh, important the third important stuff is uh, discipline mm -hmm. that you i mean you can train discipline if you are training i mean all, all you can train hard if you are training with someone you can train long that's no problem you can have a fun but uh you mo i'm talking about parkour world and uh, tracers like most of them cannot train hard uh, mentally, physically, sorry, physically uh, when other people are moving, uh, I'll give you an example, over there having a fun and you will be in a background doing quadripedi or muscle ups. Or, mm. You had gone to school for Strengthening exercise science, that's what you would call it there, with Milosh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I met him. But I'm so right now, or yeah, right now I'm still doing it. I've been training with Marcello, and there's like not all, but a lot of my training, well, it's solo and it's also quite structured. And I can definitely see a benefit to that. Um, do you do do you program your own training like in um, 
in a cyclical way as well, or is it more, this is my objective and this is what I'm aiming towards and these are the things I'm gonna to do towards or do for it? This is a very technical, uh, bit of a technical question, but curious. Yeah, uh, so, so uh, of course, if I have uh, obvious goal, there are uh, there are like like in programming there, there is a different path that you can come to the to goal mm -hmm. uh, but it's it's very important uh, to plan training if you have a goal specific goal for example right. specific goal is uh, to jump stronger to jump much more uh, like far away or to have a better flexibility or to run faster or to do specific challenge in parkour, for example, that con that precision jump that you can reach now, for example. Right. Uh, definitely what I learned from a sports science and I totally agree 100%, if you, if you have a goal like that, you need to plan. I mean, you don't need, but uh, the amount time if you planned it good, the amount of time that you do it, 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 it will be more efficient. Uh, so um, yes, especially so for, for that, to answer you directly, for strength, for conditioning, for physical stuff, yes, I plan, of course. I mean, uh, it doesn't make sense to to just go out in a gym uh, and do something or to improvise or uh, to go today running 20 minutes and tomorrow two hours and on third day uh, you do 100 meter sprint. I mean, uh, everything is structured. There is a science behind the behind sports sport training. And uh, I, uh, I, I, I like to, when I, when I'm, when I have a goal, for example, some of the goals for me uh, are uh, to stay in a parkour and in a movement until the rest of my life. And with that uh, as a goal, that means that I need to uh, regularly do strength training. The goal in that strength training is not just to come to be, to push performance and for example, to jump even more far away far away it's just to maintain to it so uh for for this kind of goals yes i plan uh but for uh for example for for acrobatics in which i'm not that good yes i i plan how to do but for parkour the, um in which i'm also not good but i have experience behind uh, my back it's easier because in a technical way i already have it how the, the techniques are there you know i can move it easy after 17 years of training mm -hmm. um, but i think that um, if you have a specific goal if you want to do that precision jump and the psychology it's not a mental thing that you are scared but you cannot reach Mm -hmm. or you don't know how to do so the Shah Kong uh, precision and you want to specific that then you need to plan maybe right. definitely okay. and uh, yeah 
Yeah, I think it's pretty much, pretty much it. And then I'm a bit. What do you think? Hmm? What do you think? I think quite similarly. Um, when I go out and train alone, there's it's either if if I'm doing it for um, for a very specific reason, then then yes, it it makes total sense to to program it like this is going to be week one, week two, week three, week week six, and then and then change or continue whatever it is that I'm doing depending on the goal. Um, and I actually find mentally it's it's easier because I know exactly what I'm doing when I go out. I don't have to I don't have to create that um, intention before every session. Like that being said, when it's um when I'm just going out to play, I, I, I don't like there's two things that I'm working on at the moment and I can just go out and do it like you. I have I've been training for some time and I have that experience to be just going out and knowing what I have to do and then go and do it. Um, I find that's still been effective. Um, I still I find the last the last few months I've started taking notes. So after each of my training sessions, um, like I also do not not just parkour but like acrobatics as well and some uh, internal practices. So when I'm doing that, I um, I have a note on my computer and it's um, what I did and then followed by what the challenge or what a challenge or challenges are and then why it was challenging, how I can improve it and then something positive that happened. That's the, that's the structure I like to implement when I'm um, doing these things because I, since again working with Marcello it's been very like we it's really, really useful to record everything just so I have a record of like, what did I do? And not even just for me to look back on, but also like, it's, it's a, it's good to have a record, but also to see like, why didn't something happen when I wanted it to happen? And then being able to objectively look at it and, and tell like, okay, it's because I didn't sleep well or or whatever, whatever, whatever. Yeah, sleep has been such a big thing for me the last few months. Like, I realized a lot of my training got a lot, like not, not just training, but just like everyday life got a lot more up and down, up and down because I couldn't get like a consistent sleep. So that was a huge thing to address. And I, I saw on my, like, my training log, like, this is, it's like, it's like I sometimes didn't even keep it because I was just so out of it for a period of time. Um, but, yeah, in terms of programming for training, it's, uh, it's like, I feel like it's like many other things in life. When you have a structure, then you're no longer 
like a slave to too much freedom. And you can, then you know, like that example of just going out and like, I'm just going to be doing this plyometric training today. And then, and then um, that's just one day of a long, long, long journey to come. But what I noticed is that if you want to have a structure, then you have, need to have a knowledge in order to structure it. Yeah. Uh, for I like to give example of the artist. For example, everyone can take a, a pen and starting to draw something, right? But not all of us are the artists. Uh, you have a freedom. You have a freedom to draw whatever you want. Yeah, but maybe it doesn't make sense. The same is <laughs> with training. Maybe you plan to do 200 push-ups and then uh, run fast on your hands. Does it make sense for what you want? No. That's why having knowledge before, and that's why also in our artists are learning. It's not just like I'm coming to do this. No, we are. Or right, I'm, he's learning the theory. He's mm -hmm. about the art. He's doing the how to say rights. What are all the rights? And what are the rules? And first they get the rules and then they found the freedom nice. <laughs> in the end. Because, you know, in something. The same I think is in a training. Like uh, to find the freedom uh, of um, structuring and like you need to go to some rules and step to find out that the training is not just a physical thing there is much more than just uh, uh, to do a challenge or not to do or to achieve something there is a, what Bruce says the art of expression human body or to express yourself to the movement that's totally next layer of movement but you can be aware of that if you don't have the other stuff before simple it's true. And how do you find now that you've been teaching for a while, like with your students, do you find that they're um, that they're they're able to find their why and they have their own their way of getting that vocabulary to understand the deeper layers? Uh, the goal why I started the classes in Parku Serbia in school was. Um, that uh, people after me, but not me specifically, also the, the, the people who started with me and who are training for a long time, mm -hmm. that someone left after us. And mm -hmm. to have this uh, way of thinking. And uh, from the beginning, the goal was not to make money, uh, of course, with living, but not but to make, to make, uh, to make them become independent. So, of course, I can train someone for 30 years and it can be fun for him, but to me, it doesn't make sense. Uh, it's like a child and then he, it grows and it becomes mature. Mm -hmm. And this is what's our goal always, because we never train anyone to be first on Olympic Games. <laughs> or we, maybe we will, but for now we didn't. So, this was our goal behind it. That's why, uh, so that's, yes, a lot of students went on their own and they are training on their own now after 10 years. Mm -hmm. And for me, that's totally fine. And I support them to find their own way to explore 
their in their own way because uh, I don't walk in their shoes. I have my own shoes and uh, my own life and how it affects what's happening. And uh, they, uh, for me, it's important for them to understand the basics and to understand uh, that there are a lot of layers to explore. And that is also second, that's also the method how we work is to show them, for example, what parkour can be. It's not just like to be efficient from A to B, or it's not just to be strong to be useful, or it's not just to be able to jump strong. It can be a lot. It can be don't touch the ground. It can be values, uh, respect, uh, uh, modesty, etc., etc., etc. A lot of stuff to cover through the program. That's idea. And of course, not everyone will enjoy in uh, conditioning training. But everyone, they need to, for us, they need to know that this exists. They need to be aware that this exists and maybe in some point of life they will go more into it. But they need to be aware of, in a physical world, what, what, what type of training can, are there. And uh, to be aware that they can, uh, they can always improve. Whatever they do. Yeah. It's um. It seems like it's it really grew from your original role. Well, your original when it's probably still is your why of being independent and being autonomous. Um. I'm uh. I'm thinking about just the Balkans in general now. School gymnastics. Oh yeah. Sasha. School gymnastics. Um. Thinking of Sasha and thinking of uh, Sandy and Miracle, you guys all have um, a very, there's similarities in your mindset. And I'm wondering if this is something that came about because you guys all met quite early on, right? If I'm familiar, like. No. Yes, so um, we all saw, most of us met maybe 12 years ago, uh, yeah, something like this. Uh, you need to be aware that uh, at 2003, 4, 5, first there was not a lot of people training and uh, the mentality of training uh, was uh, more or less similar everywhere. Uh, let's say old school, I don't like to call it like this, but old school way of thinking or whatever. And uh, yeah, we were very, uh, very fast. We, we understand each other. Uh, we, uh, in, uh, for the community, we had the same goals. So uh, I think, uh, uh, it's important that you don't stop there, that you continue to grow, because I'm not stuck to the way of thinking from 2005, uh, six, that uh, is it uh, okay to, yeah, to earn the money, or is it good to do flips or not, or is it parkour or not, or this kind of stuff. Yeah. 
but uh, uh, I think it's mostly uh, what we keep from there is uh, thinking about parkour and not only about uh, ourselves. Uh, for example, you know, uh, like what, what, what is good in competition, what is not and stuff like this. We always, even now we come with, okay, let's first see if this is good for, for people and for parkour and what we do. Are there too much like props and cons? What are there? Let's, I think this is what we still uh, keep and uh, yeah. Do you guys meet up from for like an annual meetup or how like, how's your communication nowadays after 12 years? Yeah, so uh, yeah, I mean, we met uh, regularly, let's say regularly before when we were younger, it was yeah, every month or second month, but now it's a few times uh, uh, in, a, in a year, but we met, uh, we meet usually. We also talk over the phone, but there is always events and we always meet at the events or if I'm going to Sandy in Slovenia, I will always stop to Zagreb and see Mirko and other friends. Uh, so there is always some kind of way that it brings us together at some point, like you and me, you remember? We met in London, then we met in Germany, then we met, but we didn't plan that. It just happened. Yeah. yeah, those are the best meetings. Yeah, you're right. Yes. Oh yeah, that's um, changing of times. I've always, yeah, I've always had such an affinity with the uh, Balkan countries, and I'm not, I'm not certain exactly why, but it must be the people. <laughs> um, yeah, it's um, it's quite a times away. There is um, this one thing that still stays in my head when I think of uh, when I think of I'm pretty sure I think we're like rounding right back to the beginning, but it was the podcast with um, with Philip from from uh, PK One where you were saying how training in the winter was more preferable than I don't know if preferable is the right word, but it's a uh, more enjoyable. <laughs> do you do you still um do you stand by that? How do you feel about that now? Uh, it's so strange uh, because um, like I was at some point I was studying, I was working for, through the parkour, and I, I I always was. When there is a hard times, I'm always motivated more to go out and to do or not to go out to do training. Uh, I don't know. I never analyzed that much uh, why it happens. I think it's maybe uh, because of David uh, when I was younger, because of David the uh, sentence between uh, easy and hard path, always choose the hard path. Because you know that with easy pet you can go, and it's a challenging. And you know, uh, I I don't think everything is black and white nowadays. This is something what I uh, I learned through the through the um, yeah 
But the thing is, the mo it's more about that why the environment or weather is stopping you from training, from what do you want to do? That's the simple question. And this is what we are trying and still to teach uh, kids and uh, in the classes that if it's raining, it's not a problem. We can go out and train, you know, and slowly, step by step, they will understand that oh, it, nothing will happen if it's raining and we are training. And at some point, they will start to enjoy. I'm pretty sure that you come around the people who at the beginning, like, dislike, they didn't like to do strength and conditioning. Oh, it's so boring. And then you see two years after, they are enjoying so much, right? They are like lifting, they went completely to it and stuff. And this is what I said for me, also it's important to show them that this exists and at some point they maybe will go to that. And for me personally, to answer you on the, the directly question, yes. It's still, a, uh, it's still a, a, a lot of, how to say, because it's more challenging, I think. Yeah. It's more challenging than to, when it's, everything is shiny, everything is beautiful, you have a lot of friends around you to have a fun. <laughs> yes, um, I feel like it's, it's such a, um, what you say, it's something so underestimated how powerful that is, right? When you're, when something is so unappealing, like, like your uh, your human instinct is like stay in keep warm but yet when you're able to go beyond that and you do that again and again and again and again and again it's like a, a different instinct that gets born in you i uh, i noticed this when i was um going out to just, just move like I, I hadn't moved maybe all week and it was just i wanted to go out and i wanted to find some challenges or something i found a challenge and i just stayed there and it was this continuous process of let's keep at it let's keep at it let's keep at it like i didn't feel comfortable but i was so i built up this pattern of we just keep going we just keep going there's two sides to me now because of the different exposures to different uh training methodologies and whatnot that there is a positive to, to this mentality of keep going, keep going, keep going. Obviously, there's a cutoff point of, of this is going to be too much. But even before that, it's, there's this other voice in me now that says, is this necessary? Like, as if there is another way to approach this problem. So I feel like this keep going, keep going, keep going. It's still, I hope it's going to be there forever because it pushes me to do all these things. Um, but there's this like wiser version of Mandy that's, that can see like, is this the most um, beneficial thing, way to approach this challenge? Um, and it's, it's hard to fight it too, because there's, it's been like over a decade of just, pushing and pushing and pushing and now there's this other version like is this the wise choice and it's like whispering in the back of my head and I'm like uh and I only notice it after like like 
half an hour of doing that challenge. And I'm like, it's already been half an hour. Why didn't I hear this earlier? But it's, it's these patterns that have been ingrained in us, I assume. I don't know if you've had anything like that happen to you, the whispers from that says stop you can go home i can buy you some croissant no problem do you know this i know that voice as well but it's it's i'm not sure like sometimes i like i'm like are you that one or are you that voice are you actually giving me something that i'm not listening to too i, I think there's like there's different versions of that <laughs> yeah i i think it's a, a lot a lot about the simple stuff maybe is that's a good question is why are you there and what do you want from this mm. and if you come back to that then you will know if you should quit or not because uh, you know what i mean uh, and uh, i think also to me in training change is important i'm not training the same as i was training 15 years ago or five years ago of course and then um, not necessarily like you said it's not necessarily bad to listen to the other voice like at some point because maybe it will lead you to something else um. it can uh it, of course if it means that you will uh, uh, you will start to quit on everything in your life then obviously it's not good right but uh, it maybe also wants to force you to change because in order to adapt to something, you need to have certain intensity uh, that will push you to change. Because in simple, in training, if you do always the same, doesn't make sense because there is no adaptation. You need to change something, intensity or approach or something, and mm -hmm. then there is a then you will adapt to it. You will grow, let's say like this, grow, because I'm not thinking just in physical world. And then uh, you will, um, then you can go um, again, change. And the crucial thing about to be and to last, and I said already this, I'm pretty sure in the other, in the field interview is, to me, to be in to last in training, in movement, is to change. Imagine if, uh, uh, Ido Porta would train or Marcello would train only the same 10 years. It's boring. I always, I, it's so boring. To me, it's boring. And I'm really, I admire uh, uh, some uh, people in parkour community that are training for such a long time, same methods. For me, uh, I'm not that strong. Maybe I, I'm really not that strong. I, I, I don't have a motivation to do that, honestly. And I know some people are doing for even 10 years now, same training. And I mean, <laughs> but I, I mean, there's a, there's a benefit to be doing something the same for a long, 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 long period of time. But what I've, but what I've um, come across recently is um, this, this is, this is very fresh knowledge in my head but it's step loading. So it's something that the Soviets had used. Did you study this when you were, okay. So I find step loading is very similar to, to training parkour, especially when you're outdoors. It's like, okay, now you can do this precision. 
hundred times and it feels really good. You're quite confident with it. Now we take, we take it to another level. And that change is so crucial because there's so much adaptation of like, you have to really be sure that your technique is okay. You have to, you have to be really sure of all these other things. And then it like, it does something to you physiologically and neurologically on all, all these levels that are, that are, it's like you wouldn't get this adaptation if you were say in a gym and you were just like, okay, now we increase it by another inch. Now we increase it by another inch. It's, um, it's, it's like you get robbed of that experience of knowing and developing that confidence. And I'm actually, I, I find that I'm quite guilty of it. Um, one of my biggest weaknesses um, that I've noticed in the last probably like last since quarantine started is I, I would always be like, okay, so the jump is this big. So I'm just going to jump to here then jump to here and then maybe jump to here. And it never works. Like all these years I kept trying that method and it never, and like maybe succeeded once or twice by sheer luck, but it was not the, it just, it just didn't give me anything. It just made me more frustrated in the end. So I'm not like, and I, I know when you, when you do your training, it's, it's like you, you do it and there's no trying. You just, you just do the thing that you set out to do. And, um, it's, uh, the, the mentality I get, I didn't, <laughs> I, I get it. I, uh, from, um, from the, again, David, because I was in a lot of influence back in the days with the, all the quotes and stuff. There was a quote, uh, there was a sentence he said to, I think, Stefan Vigru, uh, can you do it? And he said, yes, okay, do it now. Yeah. Not tomorrow, not five months uh, ago, or you know, if you can, if you have self-confidence, please go, I mean, go and do it. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, I, I had this, and I still am an uh, uh, annoying guy who is going around the gym saying, why are you counting? Why are you counting the steps? <laughs> because I, I, for me, I think really for the long term, this is not good. Uh, for that precision, it's maybe okay. But for the long term, when you are not able to measure the stuff on the height or different or... And uh, I think... Uh, the, the, the important, the core of this is actually training self-confidence. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, training self-confidence and being uh, uh, aware, because, you know, training with Ilabaka, for example, I learned this, uh, how self-confidence uh, is important and how belief, belief in any way, in any form, whatever, is so powerful thing. That if you really think and believe and feel that you can do this, you will do it. Even in the last test, uh, two, two weeks ago, you didn't jump that distance and stuff. And I, I think it's pretty, from the scientific reason, I think it's much, I believe, I don't know if it's true or not, but uh, I think it's, um, it's a lot about, uh, hmm. it's about uh, motor cells activation stuff, which we know that, for example, 
uh, when uh, people uh, do amazing stuff because they are in adrenaline and they need to say someone and then they push a car and even if normal circumstances they can do it so i'm pretty sure there is uh, something behind it that also in sport you know you know when someone who is um who is like uh, it's not supposed to win in this tournament but he wins in a way of no one Okay, he doesn't have endurance, it's not a strategy, but he wins. How? Because it's a complexity of a lot of stuff also. And it's also at, at, at the, in the professional sports, in the end, not all sports, but especially sport games and stuff, it's about mentality, about how strong you are in, in, the, in the head and how much self-confidence you have. And if you say, yes, okay, I can do it. I did this before. I did this precision jump, same precision jumps 10,000 times before in the last two years or why I can do it, you know? And then you learn how to do, to give 100%. And that's the other key thing. This is what people doesn't know. They like start and then jump and then decide not and then 60% of their maximum, not just the jump, but generally coming now like can you give 100 even if you know that you will fail and that's why a lot of people that's the important thing that you know how to give 100 percent for a mind that's important how to give 100 percent, even though you know you're going to fail yes this is what danny teached with a simple exercise there was a there was a like um uh, wooden, we were in a gym, he was doing a workshop and there was like, a, I don't know how to say in English in gymnastics when uh, women do on a beam. beam, sorry, sorry for my English. There was a beam, he put the beam and then he it told people, okay, you do running, you just with one leg jumping over three times. And they said, okay, and then he did and then, okay. Now close your eyes and let's do the same. Oh. And, then, and then the people who are training for 10 years, 15 said, ooh, oops. <laughs> okay, and then this, the goal was simple. If you run, like, of course, you, you count your steps, where you're going and stuff, but you know, if you are training for 10, 15 years or whatever, if you jump, it wasn't high. It was more about forcing people to run and jump strong and give 100% because for the sure they will jump over it because it wasn't this height, it was lower. Right. So uh, especially you can also like, um, I mean, through the part, not exactly to this exercise, but to this, like if you notice a little bit, like you said, I was jumping from here to here, from here to slowly adapt to it. But that's okay for me, and I learned this the beginners. That's okay for me because they are not aware, they don't know their possibilities. But I want them to, to meet or learn, I don't know what's the right word, their possibilities so they can, they can now like go directly here and start from here and not all this going uh, and then we go you know so um yeah 
No, I, I completely understand that it's important to build that. It's, it's like a tool. You can use yeah. that tool and then, and then once you don't need it anymore, then you can move on to something a bit more complex. So that's, uh, oh, that's scary. I'm just thinking, I remember doing that with Auntie a while back, just the eyes closed and jumping. But yeah, what's in the uh, future for Boki now? What's coming up? Uh, I think uh, I'm uh, one topic that is on my mind because of also of coronavirus and environment is, and I already wrote a little bit about it on the, on the, through the stories and stuff, but no one did it. I'm sorry, uh, I don't uh, it's uh, the topic is a community, and again, I will come back to it. Why community is important in parkour, or not parkour in anything? Mm -hmm. And even if the, we talked a lot about solo training, yeah, in the end, it doesn't make sense now to me. Uh, how to say? How to say? Don't get me wrong. I think that uh, people are important yes. and I, I think it's important to share and, and uh, I mean, I can share on my own uh, for myself, but it's not really uh, the point. The point is to share with, with people, to inspire new generations, to inspire kids mm -hmm. who will grow and who will bring all of this, our understanding to the higher level. Yes. That means that like 50 years ago, no one knows like uh, like uh, average uh, person didn't know that much about uh, strength training as nowadays, right? Now, a lot more people know about what is hypertrophy, what is this, what to do, you know? So this is, and also like for parkour, which is very young, I mean, young sport, uh, art or skill whatever it's uh, it's important that uh, that um, we share this mentality in order that parkour in any way grow people grow because i have seen a big changes in uh, people's life when they start to train parkour and what they gain from it what they learn from it and how they apply to life all what they learned and um, so I think that the community, a place where you, you go and you feel that this is your family, but really family, like, like you and me, we didn't, we met a few times and it's logically that we are good friends and you will come to my wedding. I mean, right? Oh, that, I will yeah, that I will invite you to the wedding, but yeah, and you I know what I mean? It's, and not only you, of course, other people, and th this is, this is mm -hmm. important to share it also. Also, why do you do this podcast? Not for yourself to watch, but to share it. Yes. By sharing, you are also, no, by giving, you are receiving something like this. I don't know. And you wanted to, you said you wanted to write more about it or how? Uh, hmm. To write it, I'm, uh, I think I'm more, um, 
I'm more about uh, at the moment about the sharing in a live and talk with people and share with the uh, I'll say uh, people around me in the real world, not in the like too much exposed everywhere. Like and uh, I think uh, yeah. That's the, 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 that was the goal, uh, that's why I travel on the workshops, that's why I uh, 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 do this kind of stuff, that's why I have also parkour school and stuff, because I want to share it through, through it, you know, uh, and uh, I never thought, I never considered myself as a good writer at all, uh, I, I mean, I, I read a really good thing about this, like, you can do, uh, you can, uh, for example, you need to fix your, uh, your car. Uh, everyone can do it. It's just amount of time that you will spend learning and working on it to do it. So when I say I'm, I'm a bad writer, I mean, I didn't practice enough <laughs> to be a good writer because I'm not interested <laughs> in writing books or something. I'm more for the, uh, I'll say, I don't know how to say, real world or a real world uh, word or a live word. So you would prefer to communicate these ideas through spoken word? Spoken word. This is what I, yes. Yeah. Because, uh, uh, but don't get me wrong, I believe that uh, texts and books, this is important. It's just that I, I don't think that I have to say anything special or anything uh, mm -hmm. new that haven't been said? I think words are incredibly important and it's uh, with community. I'm actually, it's like since leaving Europe, I don't know if I've ever mentioned it to you, but it's like, it, it, it kept, it kept coming at me to write about community and the things I noticed and the, the patterns because like, I was in Serbia, I was in Germany, France, Denmark, all these places, even with like within each country, each city had a very different um, manifestation of these communities. And like, it wasn't even something I thought that it would happen, but I learned so much that it made me think of yeah, community is important, but why? And then it got me into thinking about not just like parkour community or subculture communities, but the community at large. Like um, a perfect example was uh, with Sandy in um, Ljubljana. Where is it's on Ljubljana? Bostoina. Bostoina. It's it's the city I can never pronounce can, again. Post. Do, post, how do you say? Postoina. Okay, sorry, Sandy. I, I'll just I'll <laughs> try and for now. Um, but when we were there, it was such a perfect example of how, with the work in the community that he has there, it expanded into having the mayor come into that um, into that building. Like, yeah, you're you're gonna need some uh, lighting here, and then having the 
electricians put the lighting in. That's not just an example of him working with the, the people that he comes in contact with, but involving the larger community. So I think when you say independent, like building an independent um, um, people through your community, it's, it's so that they can be like idealistically so that when they interact with the larger community that there's a there's a impact there as well and they're able to navigate this this larger community quite well and and i think that's that's such um it's so it's not so obvious but it's quite obvious for the communities that i have been to that if they um, have been around for a long time and their values are, well, especially if their value I find is based on innovation and change, then the growth of the like Parker community goes and expands beyond just that. Like there's a, there's a influence on what's around them. So it's then, it, and then like, it's so fascinating because there's parkour, but then there's like other subculture communities of like, like even um, in government, like there's cultures there. Like how does that sort of culture influence the larger culture and beyond? And uh, it's um, it's a it's a topic that's also very dear to me. Just because like, I I got to stay in so many people's homes that took me in through through this parkour culture. Um, I think this is that's also amazing. Yeah. The, the, this network that you just travel somewhere. I mean, it's obvious, but maybe it's always good to say. It's, it's you can <clears throat> Sorry. Yeah, you can go. Sorry. No, it's, it's obvious to us because we're like this is the this is the subculture but after like the last year i've been working in a very totally different environment and and my clients they're they're such lovely people but they have no idea about these these things i went on on the last uh two years or so when i was in, in europe but then it got me thinking like how does this how do these two relate and in what what ways does do the cultural influences that I've come from have any influence on something wider so it's a it's a very interesting thread because when you understand the core of each community you can understand how it influences everything around it and Oh, there's there's so much that I've uh, I've come across just like reading and then researching on other people that are looking into this. And like, I want to write. It makes me anyway. But at the same time, I'm also not the most experienced writer. But I feel there's uh, I guess I can start somewhere. Poor I think I think I think you should start. I have uh, actually I have a I have a skeleton of of what I want to say and. And Belgrade has definitely had a huge influence on it. Like Belgrade, Miramas. Have you ever been to Munster? Uh, no. Germany. But I know people from Munster. Like Fab, I think, is his name Fabio from P1? 
uh, yes, and also uh, Angie's. Ah, and, uh, and I think uh, Philip uh, Schmetterling. <laughs> he was he was in Serbia eight years ago to Kraljevo to Jam. He spent a lot of time uh, here in Serbia. Yeah, yeah. He's um. I think he's doing pretty well. He's he's I think in school at the moment for sports psychology. But um, they have a. I find there's there were a few cities that had a uh, very very obvious indicators of these values of community that that are prevalent in other communities, but like like it's so there. Um, in um, in Munster, it was such an interesting experience being there because I was only there for a day or two, and I got to meet Odendis and um, Phil when I was there, and the in the training vibe i have no other word at the moment to describe it it was so um it was it was something that took a long long time to develop like like you know when you go to different communities there's a there's a certain vibe that you get when you get there when i was training there it was like it was so obvious that their value was on innovation and it didn't matter if you can do the biggest jump. Like it was just like, and this, and this wasn't doing his his usual like I guess what you would have seen on, on YouTube or Instagram of his like very very large jumps or whatnot. It was just him playing and doing different things, and the the props that people would give was based on, on like okay that's like you tried something different. And you did something different, and and you, and it was um, it was something that I experienced so strongly there for whatever reason. Everywhere else, it's um, it's still there, but it wasn't as like, obvious. maybe it's because it's Germany and everything's so much more like it's there or it's not there. It's very obvious, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you yeah, know. Uh, I'll uh, I'll definitely have to talk to you more when I when I start writing more about it because, because yeah I would like to hear it and read it. <laughs> Thank you. I will keep you in touch about that then. Uh, now there's accountability. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, for me, it, it's just come on my mind that um, that we are uh, social human beings in a way that this, uh, I'll say, uh, I mean, most of the people like it's important to meet with people, uh, and you can see by the all kind of events is it competition or jam or workshop. I mean, there is something behind it. It's not that parkour is just for us individually to be on solo training, out there training. You know what I mean? But it's imp that's important for the growth. I, I totally. I, I, it's not that I throw in what I said until now, but uh, but it, it's it, it, it is um, it is a special 
to meet uh, people, uh, to exchange, to learn from them, and to grow in the end, meeting others. And I think uh, people in parkour, they are really like adventurous, which is, which is like leave your comfort zone every day and it's normal for them, what you said for the, your clients. It's not probably normal for them to leave the comfort zone in a physical world. Maybe they are bankers and they do some in uh, this world, but in the physical world to go somewhere else to experience and I, I think it's uh, it's awareness you know it's really awareness that you know why you are traveling somewhere and it's not you're traveling just to see something but to meet people meet the culture uh, like you can uh, you know how to say like even if I would have a million dollar I would still if I come to Canada I will stay at your place because to learn about you guys there, I need to be with you. I can't be in a hotel. Doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Your house is my hotel, just that you know. <laughs> oh, be in there then. Uh, it's, yeah, there's no, there's no other way to get that depth of experience. There's just, yeah, it's, um, Goes back to community and 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 being a social being. It's there's really no um, there's no replacement for it, which is why I, I think of uh, like uh, Thomas from France. Like he he did so much solo training, and and one of the reasons why I've been uh, a bit more obsessed with. It's like thinking about solo training lately is because of COVID, but also there was a question that was posed um, when I was at uh, Evry, the Evry Move event. And it was, have you, you've, you've been to those events, right? Like, uh, like, I, I, I wasn't invited this year uh, to coach, but COVID did. Yeah, they did so the event is cancelled. I see. But but um but you're like it's like training with uh at every move is basically you're it's a very added day experience. Like it's it's um it's like we start together, we finish together and it's um very, very, very tribal. Um and I was curious as to where, for them, where does, um, where does solo training fit in that? And so I think one of the explanations I got was even when they're training alone, they're thinking about someone else. And I'm like, hmm, it's a, like it makes sense in that, in that frame of mind. But I wonder, uh, like it's, it's definitely one way to do it. And I think it's, like it's how humans have done things for so long. But uh, what I find is different from the way that you explained being independent and the way that they would, they seem to be explaining their independent training is that if we take into example the, the uh, person that's venturing, like, 
like a caveman that was adventuring away from the fire. There's no need for them to do that. But by doing that, they're bringing, they could be bringing huge, huge value to other people that won't do that. But there's also a huge risk. So, like, I don't know, like, if, if we use that caveman as an example, he could still be thinking about others as he does that. But I find it's a lot more sustainable if he thinks about it as their own curiosity to go beyond. Um, I think uh, um, in a way of uh, solo training is the same thing maybe as a, as a, like a monk or something like this. Uh, I mean, for example, why monks go, doesn't stay with his tribe, with his uh, sa same way of thinking people uh, in a monastery, for example, Shaolin man or whatever. No, you already know the stories that he went somewhere to meditate or in Orthodox church, we have a, I would say priests not priests, but monks that go on their own. And because it's a internal, it's a grow. It's, 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 so when you grow, so you grow because you learn something, new stuff, you expect, and then what you do, you come back and you share. This is what I'm connecting now, those uh, things. So like, it doesn't make sense that you, your whole life spent in a cave, trying to do whatever if you don't share it in some way is it through the book or through the people or through whatever so that's why i think that solo training is not by itself a goal that's why i said the community people and stuff this is to me at the moment like important and the goal but the the the, the way how i learned all of this a lot of stuff, of course, was through my own training, analyzing uh, what I'm doing, why I'm doing, and I questioned that when I was on my own. It's like a dynamic meditation. You know, you already heard this, uh, this when you are in a movement and stuff like that, or, or, or just stop and like turn around and see, okay, you're around the walls on a, on a rail. What do you want from this? <laughs> where this leads to and, and then you ask yourself no it's it's so important i've uh yeah it's like family community it's um i feel like we're like we're getting wiser bookie but <laughs> yeah, we are getting older maybe <laughs> this is what i will tell you <laughs> older yeah when you when you have kids and um I think it's a very, very different world when you have, I mean, it's, it is a different world when you have kids and move into your, your, your house, wherever that's going to be. Kids. But it, it doesn't necessarily need, needs to be, uh, of course, it's, it's different, but you can share a lot. You can also do a lot. You can also, I, for me, when you said the kids, I... Uh, I already started, for example, to think uh, how I can train, what, what, how I can be active, or I can do, or I can move when I have a kid and stuff. And uh, uh, this, 
how I come to this, I, I remember my professor of gymnastics. I was indoor in a gym, I was training, and he comes with the two kids, and then he starts to do a strength training with them. And I was like, whoa, you can do serious stuff with them. Strength in endurance and stuff like this. Of course, you won't be able to lift a 200 kilo squat, but you will be able to do uh, strength endurance, a lot of different stuff. And uh, then I tried, and I have a, I don't know, I think you met them, maybe you didn't, uh, cousins. They, for example, they were younger at that time, five, six years old and stuff. And then I started to like, okay, we do a helicopter. And then I get one of them here like this, and I, I hold like this and the other here. And then I turning around and doing this. And then it was very interesting. Then we do sprints. And you can imagine how, how, how much adherence uh, kids have. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you just need to be open-minded, to stay open-minded, to, to stay ready for the adventure, to play. And uh, I think it's totally different way of training. You know, you know what I already told? And I think you, we can enjoy it and stay active and learn from it. I'm pretty sure. Like if you if you see like if you watch something whatever in the life, and if you just see the uh, the surface, everything is. It doesn't make how not to make sense, but you probably won't learn a lot. If you see what's behind down the, down there, that there is not this is not everything. There is still down there the whole world. Mm -hmm. I mean. Uh, sea can be a good example. If you watch over, you can see birds coming and maybe some uh, fish jumping. Uh, but if you go deep down, you can see algae. You can uh, a lot of different new world that you can explore and then you can gain, you can learn, and then what you can share. Yeah, I um, I'm very reminiscent because I find this is overgeneralizing, but in North American culture. This um, when you talked about like training, training uh, endurance and doing uh, these other things with the kids, the metric I find would be in mind is like, am I am I getting stronger? But then when even when you in the again the North American context, am I getting stronger? It's is my numbers going up or am I able to lift more? And I know it's a very linear way to to measure it. Um. And I've definitely had that mentality in the past, but now I just see it as this is just, it's, a, it's just a metric. It's just one metric. It's just a number usually or distance or something. Yeah, it really is. Which, which is fine if you are a professional sportsman and you need to mm -hmm. achieve some specific goal and stuff. But if you want to enjoy in your life with your <laughs> kids or whatever, or then you can i mean how you could how you could measure that uh, happiness how do you measure happiness of life happiness i just had a yes. thought of um it's like a olympic athlete is still trying to trying to go for a bigger jump and they're they have to train their kids only and it's like their only tool <laughs> like, oh <my> <laughs> it's a recipe for disaster i mean uh honestly when you just when you come to this Olympic stuff and the sports, mm -hmm. 
me, sports is a business. But what I, uh, uh, more, uh, of course, at the top level, it's not. It, 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 at the, I'm sure the top athletes in any field talk about the phys, uh, movement and physical education and stuff like we do. Like, it's not just like this. But most of the is a big a business system and it's a lot about the money and stuff. It's, it's, it's not necessarily bad just to make it clear, because a lot of good things happen through it, a lot of grow of the sports and stuff. And it, but it's just important that uh, we are aware what drives us to the top and why, what is behind it, you know? Well, even within, uh, like you were saying with the Olympics, like within weightlifting, um, Soviet lifters, there are some that are, that were like, like still training their, their athletes, trying to be drug free so that they can train for longevity reasons. Um, it's not as common, but it does exist. It's like, um, what is his name? Luke, Luke, Fielder. Luke Fielder. I think he's a, uh, he's a German weightlifting coach, um, but he was, like he was coaching all these Olympic weightlifters that won medals in the Olympic. And he's like 90 years old and he's still squatting. And he's like 90 years old and still squatting over like 100 kilos or something for 10 reps. And we're like, he still got it. It's definitely like, he definitely walks the talk, right? He's yes. how, like relatively healthy and still at it. I'm very much inspired by the, all the people who are passionate about uh, something. Uh, for example, especially in the sport. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was uh, I was thinking about is it parkour for the young people or the older? And I asked some some uh, asked for Instagram and Facebook. Okay, do you know anyone who is older than something or a bit older senior mm -hmm. that do parkour? And then I, I get to one guy who is, I think, 60-something, something like this. And he do parkour, but not parkour, acrobatics also. And it's so amazing to see this. It's, uh, but I think that uh, uh, um, more and more people will appreciate to stay in movement and to move when they get older. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, first, uh, because as a human being, we involve in a way of or um, nowadays we are not physically active. Before we was making the food, uh, uh, seeding of plants and stuff. Mm -hmm. We were we were active, and that's physical thing. You you were putting, you were making wood for a fire and stuff like this. So you, but nowadays you are more on a computer doing this. So in the future the value of the motion or movement movement better movement is, is it will be i think i'm optimistic it will how say it will be normal that you see 70 year old running around marathon doing a marathon it's even now no now it's even more and more older people doing gymnasium it will be a future with coming like with our generation or something like this uh, oh, Taiwan. How was, so, yeah, your first trip to Asia. 
I, I, I fall in love with the, in Asia and, and the people there, really. Uh, I'm really looking forward to go back to uh, China, to Taiwan, visit Hong Kong also. That would be great because uh, so, so much thing that I noticed and that I see and that I like. Uh, that I got inspired, that made me think of, uh, and uh, yeah, I really had a wonderful time there. It's probably also because I never been there, and it's a bit different than Europe, because in Europe I travel all the time, and Budapest and Paris, of course, there is Eiffel Tower, and of course, different mentalities, but it's Europe, you know. Asia was something totally new. How was, what, what did you get out of it? What did you find you were inspired by in Taiwan? So, uh, just a second, sorry. So, um, I felt it in Taiwan how people are calm, oh. uh, very calm. Uh, I mean, I spent all my uh, time in Taiwan. I just, I haven't been in China or Hong Kong and stuff, just fly over, but uh, general Asia. So uh, I, uh, I uh, how say, received so much hospitality. Uh, that's, wow, really? I was, wow, surprised. Uh, I, I, I have a feeling that they are not blind by material world, by money and, uh, uh, I, and I think I know why, especially for Taiwan, because there is a lot of uh, uh, beliefs or religions there, uh, really from Taoism to Confucian and stuff. And because of all these differences and, and accepting each other, I think they are, that's why maybe they are more calm than, for example, Balkan people who are always ready to full on emotions and stuff. <laughs> oh, I didn't know the concept. Okay, yeah, you're, no, you're right. And um, yeah, so uh, it was really, really like, um, I don't know, a friend of mine told me that Taiwan is uh, like a poro country. He was there. I, I didn't felt it like this. I felt that they are really rich with the, with the, with the culture, with the spirit, mm. with everything, much more. I mean, I, I, I don't care if they drive Ferrari or not. <laughs> I don't see that, that I, I don't know. I think that they are also happy with what they have. And this is very important to be happy in your life with what you have. For, and this is what I learned from parkour, because uh, if, you, uh, if you are injured, you can still train and you can still enjoy and and you should be happy because maybe you you don't have any life so you can do this or you are injured really badly that you can do anything so uh, this is what i i felt it uh, generally not just in parkour you know, just in people there yeah yeah I'm, uh, i've never been to taiwan but i've heard amazing things about that and and uh, the, culturally, it is very different than it is, say, with Hong Kong or um, um, China. It's uh, when it's an island, so a lot of its um, its native culture has uh, stayed there too. 
along with all the influences coming in. So yeah, they are, they are <laughs> calm was a, is a choice word, but I like it. It's a good description. Mm -hmm. I want and the food. I, just, I, uh, I want. Oh, I mean, the food is amazing. The food is well. Yeah, even for like, I find um, I had this like banquet styled um, dish. Um, it's very popular in China. The more rural areas, that's what it's more um, where it's, I guess, it originated. Where it's just this big bucket of layers and layers and layers of food so it's usually for weddings or some special events where it's uh, it could be lobster scallop and then uh, chicken and then mushroom and you just keep going down and so much flavor that gets absorbed right at the bottom with all the, the vegetables and cabbage and it's um it's such a delight such a delight but um that yeah, seafood is i can't even imagine seafood is in Taiwan. Wow, I mean, <laughs> it's so, I, I, I can, oh, what was interesting also to me to watch is that uh, they eat a lot outside. I don't know if it's in China and Hong Kong like this, uh, the culture, but um, they are not cooking that much. I don't know, at least that's my uh, feeling. There is a, like a, you can buy food here, 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 here. Then there is something that is food, food, food. Everywhere you can buy food. And it's probably because it's maybe also cheaper. I don't know. It's, and, but it's very interesting. Uh, they put the sugar a lot in, uh, in a lot of uh, uh, food. Different maybe that's food. why. And, and the thing yeah. is, uh, but they are not that much fat. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's true not really fat not really yeah and that's what i something that i also notice in the physical world that like they eat outside a lot with a, a lot of sugar everywhere and they are like still like fit. <laughs> i mean it's a pretty warm environment it's uh it's a tropical it's a tropical environment there yes oh man and uh, what i what i also just come to mind was that how guys from parkour wanted uh, that I experience everything. Like, you need to go to try this. Let's go here, but let's go here. Let's go try this. Let's go there. Let's go there. Without stuff, without asking everything. It's not just the food, but to go to the Buddhist museum, to go there, no problem. Really, to that's so amazing. Really, to experience the whole culture and country we drive for. 200 kilometer to see a Buddhist museum. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they drive me there. Like, wow. And so, they really, I have a, just, I'm amazed by the Asia. I mean, Taiwan is special because I was there, but I'm pretty sure I would be happy to visit uh, other places. Oh, it's true. Even for um, myself, even though I was born in Hong Kong, but if I was to go back, it's just the cousins will just, Take, take me everywhere, bring me to all the places. It's the same. Um, it's, it's similar to how, why I felt like I was at home when I was in the Balkans, because there's a certain, there's a similar mm. mentality of like, oh, she, like she's from somewhere else. I can show her all these amazing places. It's um, this hospitality. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of. I, I, I love bringing people around, around 
and um, it's all no worry no worry Mandy we are planning to buy a big house around the Belgrade so it will host a lot of people <laughs> for a long time <laughs> okay I'll make my plans then in the future 